Hey guys, this is Joe Costello from Hidden Horsepower. Just wanted to let you know about the next Engine Performance Expo. We're talking about January 13th and 14th. We're going to be live streaming the entire event on YouTube. That's right. No more sign in or register or any of that. Just go to YouTube and you can do it right now and search Engine Performance Expo. Expo. Subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and then when we go live January 13th and 14th, you won't miss a second. We're going to have some of the best engine builders in the world all there talking about the ins and outs of engine building and high performance. In the meantime, let's kick back out to the Engine Performance Expo for a great interview we were able to do with George Bryce. The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com. Welcome back to the Engine Performance Expo, and we've got them back in the house. George Bryce, Lake Speed, Hidden Horsepower Live. Uh, watching the video, of course, seeing you two guys out there kind of talking about the history of the V-Twin. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the history of you and and I am super excited about this. Like we got <laughs> oh, him on the spot. We oh, got him on the spot. We got him. Yeah, this is fun. Um, it's a dream come true. I get to watch Joe on TV every week at the NHRA races and uh, follow him a lot in Lake. I've been knowing him forever, and <laughs> since he's uh, talks more than anybody in America, he does. I think it would much. be great for me to be on competition with you guys up here for a few minutes. So well, we can talk the most. We'll see. Well, I definitely won't be talking the most, but I'll pepper you with questions, which okay. I'm certainly. Uh, known to do well, I, I do want to say something before we get going. Yes, right, because I know you know this man. Yes, sir. And you know, we've been talking all day for the last two days actually about how you know the Engine Performance Expo is really in the spirit of what the AETC conference was. But well, we'd be really remiss not to pass on our condolences to Harold Bettis's family. Uh, Harold was the MC of the AETC conference and if you were ever gone there you know Harold and Harold was a great man much better sense of humor than me mm. uh, more entertaining much more knowledgeable than me uh, but he, he was a great host and, and made AETC I think he partly made the show because yep. he could pull it along keep things going make people think and question so uh, we definitely want to pass on our condolences to Harold's family uh, and kind of remember I mean you said you got some stories about Harold well yeah Harold was uh, like a father figure to me um, when I first started in my in, in my business at Star Racing we wanted everything that they sold we wanted all the Superflow everything we wanted the Superflow 110 we wanted the dyno I ended up with three or four different dynos I bought from Harold I ended up with every flow bench that they ever sold mm -hmm. and um, and whenever I would get to do a presentation along my 40 years, Harold would be the guy that would do my bio. You know, he would okay. stand up and introduce me. I got to go and speak in Colorado three times mm -hmm. in that conference. And it was always something unusual I got to talk about, which he was passionate about, which is how to make more horsepower out of certain amount of cubic inches. And uh, mm -hmm. we just got to be great friends. And I really am thankful for what the part he played in my career and my life. Oh yeah, me too. He's a, definitely a mentor. He's a guy that would kind of like everybody else so far. This thing is he pushes you up. Yep. You, you don't you don't settle. You keep pushing, and uh, I definitely want to thank him for that legacy. And hopefully, we're doing a good job carrying it on. You know, so that that put that quest for how do you make more power for a given amount of cubic inches? Talk about that a little bit. Okay, I, I have one one quick thing I wanted to say about Harold. Sure. At the Colorado, at the conference, at the uh, AETC, is that yes, what sir. I want? Yeah. yeah. And um, I was a kid, uneducated, 
I had trophies, I had championship rings, and I had uh, all kind of cool championship stuff, but I was uneducated, and there were 300 attendees, and everybody that was in the program had science of this and doctor of this, and this <laughs> guy was a, a doctorate, this guy had master's degree, mm -hmm. and he went to the MIT and all these things, and I was so nervous and so upset about it. I was like, I'm going to be like, they're all going to be looking at me like, you don't know what you're talking about. You didn't go to school. Right. And Harold got me off to the side, put his arm around me, and he said, George, show me your hands. I showed him my hands. I had two championship rings. And he said, there's nobody in the audience that has one of those. He said, speak from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So anyway, that was to tie the, the, the conference together and the expo. That was uh, really made a big part. For me but back to making the most horsepower <laughs> yes which are directly related <laughs> right exactly directly related. Uh, it was a it was um almost like a disease for me uh -huh. we put the engine together and we made x amount of power and i figured if we moved this we'd make more power if we move this we made more power and the late great john myers uh was my driver in pro stock motorcycle in 1990 and uh, we won the championship that year as our first championship and uh we won three together all along but but going to the the engine development side was mm -hmm. what really uh, connected me with this group of people right. that we see here. Right. And also, um, John would go out and win. And, and at the Gator Nationals in 1990, we were low by three tenths. I mean, like the competition was going eight O's, we were going seven eighties and seven seven. Wow, that's just. And John and I didn't know any better. We thought that's how you do it. And we said if you can go <laughs> fast, that's what you do. Well created a lot of trouble <laughs> and um i noticed the next race in atlanta uh drag the next nhra race we had less entries in our category than we had in any time in history and so i was worried about it i, was, I, do, I don't want to be a champion of a category that has no competitors right that de totally devalues the effort so we got national dragster to do a story with us that was um that I did dyno sheets, I did race pack data from John's bike, and I explained in detail for three pages in National Dragster how to go 770s on a pro stock motorcycle. Well, the, the class wasn't only because of that, but everybody was trying. But anyway, it opened some doors, opened some eyes, and created some opportunities for other people. And it also allowed um, us to get asked to do the engine technology conferences Got because okay. we were setting records and winning races. But it ended up being a like a a brutal science that took all day and all night and you couldn't sleep without thinking about it you couldn't um eat without thinking about it matter of fact eat that was an option you know <laughs> and when everybody would clock out and go home at star racing i would stay and we worked really hard to make the dynamometer where i could do it by myself right make it where i could start the engine by myself i could go in make the pull get the results go in make the changes yep and then come back and i would just dyno and dyno and dyno until it literally would drop mm-hmm and we went faster and faster and faster. So it just, like I said, it was a lifestyle. Well, you know, yesterday, you, you told me this story before, like your version of the story. Yeah. I asked Warren about Steve Burns and VP yep. and some of the- Did he have similar story to mine? Similar, he said he saw a sort of horse trailer showing yep. up and blending fuel in the thing. Yeah. You, you, With a space suit on. Please carry on, tell, tell the story. Yep, so um, Steve Burns from VP Race Fuel called me and said, hey, you want to make some gasoline, makes more power than anybody else. I said, Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, how much do I have to pay? He said, no, no, it's, it's on me. And I said, wow, okay, cool. So he drove in. Uh, he said, we're going to do this after everybody's going home. We're going to do this all night, maybe two nights. And I said, okay. So he brought a horse trailer with a bunch of 55-gallon barrels in the back of it. 
and he would go outside and pour some fuel and come back in and we would dyno and it would make less power. He'd do some more and make more power. And we did it for two nights until we made substantially more horsepower. And I snuck out there one time. I, it was in the dark. I didn't have any lights or anything. I snuck out there and he had on a silver space suit mm -hmm. with gloves and boots. And he was out there pouring beakers and pumping from one drum to the other, making this stuff. And it was gasoline. Yeah, because he was making gasoline. He wasn't taking a fuel and adding to it. No. He was taking all the individual components and putting it together to make the fuel. And I may have mentioned this yesterday, but you know, tetraethyl lead, yeah. the lead and gasoline in its neat form, one drop on your skin will kill you dead. That's right. So that's thus the spacesuit and all the other yep. weird things that you don't want yeah, to breathe. So, so we made the power and then he said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna let you use this gasoline exclusively for you and John for one year. Mm -hmm. And I'm leaving here and I'm going to Warren's. <laughs> okay, so we get the back after the story, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, this is how I remember it. Just because that's my opinion doesn't mean it's everybody's right. opinion, but that's how I remember it. But anyway, the, we were kind of partners in a deal where at the scales after every run, me and Warren or me and Kurt or me and Greg Anderson, we might wink at each other just for a minute because we had VP stickers, you know. And it checked identical to everybody's gasoline. And I know this is a story that shouldn't probably be told. This is private, so, right? Th yeah, this, horse, no one's watching. Horse. No. It's but anyway, it out. reason we won everything, but that was <laughs> a reason we won some stuff. Because right. we had a little bit better gasoline. We also did it with oil. Yep. And we had some better oil than everybody. But it was an exclusive rights for a little while. Right. And uh, created great relationships, great results. And... Uh, I didn't know till later that you could die from the lead. I didn't know about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. But that's some, some harsh stuff. But let me tell you about a racer's mentality. Sure. This is what I learned. Hey, I got this gasoline. It'll give you 10 horsepower. Yeah. How much power? 10. But if you get it in your shop or children, they will die. Well, how much is it? <laughs> I said, no, no, no. You don't understand. The people in your shop are going to die. Yeah, but how much power does it give me? I'm like, wow. That's a racer. It is. Wow, that's, I don't is. know, but that's like, <clears throat> never mind the torpedoes, just send it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you've been able to, and, and just, uh, I walked into the restaurant at the hotel last night, and George is there, and his conversation went on, yeah. and just like story after story after story after story, because you were there for what many consider where the, the sport was televised, and, uh, you know, R.J. Reynolds was the sponsor, and there was, I don't want to say unlimited funds, but there were funds and support and all of that. And you got to be around so many great personalities. Like yes, you mentioned John Myers and you had great rivalries. And when you look back at those early times, just, uh, you know, what, what are you most fond of when you look back? Is it the, is it the wins, is it the championships, is it the relationships? It's all big, nice, uh, what you call it, honey bun, man. It's just this roll of all awesome stuff. I mean, I don't know exactly what you call it, but it is a, it is a pastry mm -hmm. of outstanding opportunities. We had um, wonderful personalities you'll remember for the rest of your life, the performance opportunities, uh, the rivalries that will be, you know, stories forever. And then we had some really, really great times with uh, a team. I, the common denominator for all of that was George and Jackie, because no matter who was driving, no matter who the team was, it was always us. We, we rode the roller coaster. I mean, arm in arm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went down in the lows. We thought we were going to starve to death. We went all the way up to the top where we actually thought we were just some dumb kids that were rich for a minute. And uh, we had, we got trained by the best. We got trained. I mean, when you have RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company as your primary sponsor for four years, I mean, that's like going to an Ivy League college and whatever, I mean, being a motorsports experts. It was awesome. 
We learned a lot. I remember. Yeah, one that, time. there's a lot of truth to that, right? T. Wayne Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, I that remember. Was I remember on the story. It was great. We had five engines when we were at the peak of our Winston deal, and they were really fast. And we didn't have any slow ones. We left them at home, and we left one uh, other one at home, and it was our very, very best engine. We left it at home in the dining room, covered up with a blanket over it. And the guys at the shop called me crazy. He said, why is that? And I said, because we go to the races and we get outrun. And then we go to races six months later and that guy don't even show up or qualify. He don't know how he did it. So when we got these five engines, I'm going to keep this one as our standard. This is the bar that's set right here. We get lost. We're going right back to that piece. Put it back on the dyno. It's going to make great horsepower. And we're going to take it apart and find out what we traveled away from what we mm -hmm. veered away from so it was good to have that and then one day um, we were in rockingham at the winston invitational and angel was number one qualifier and we were racing and qualifying i mean and uh, one round we were so far in the lead in the points i mean in the ch uh, qualifying order that i decided to pull the plug and park open my beer send angel to the tower to do some commentary mm -hmm. my winston boss comes over and he says where's the winston bike i said it's in the trailer he says, oh, no. <laughs> I said, well, no. I said, I don't want to tear up stuff. Tear up stuff? What do you mean you're going to tear up stuff? I said, I'm not going to make any runs I don't have to make. He said, you have to make every run. I said, do what? I said, I've never heard of that. And he said, yeah, we're paying you for that motorcycle to go up and down that racetrack. It's got to say Winston. Angel's got to have Winston. And you got to have Winston. And you're not sitting out ever. And I was like, wow, I had okay. no idea. I mean, I'm thinking about saving parts. I'm right. an engine guy. We got everybody covered. Let's park it. Sometimes, yeah, the race is on Sunday, man. Yeah, what, what we're racing this? tomorrow. But yeah. I've seen the qualifying. It, 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 like guys say, uh, they put the uh, twenty-four car in the garage and they parked it. They're done practicing. They're done qualifying. Mm -hmm. You know, well they're right. saving parts. Well, I thought that's how you raced. Right. Yeah, but they wasn't a Winston car. No, no. Right. T. Wayne, those guys, I man, they were on it. I mean, they yep. they taught everybody how to do this. They deal. told me and Angel one day got us in private up in the trailer, and they said, "Don't y'all ever argue with each other ever again in public." Okay, 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 I got you. I mean, they were like daddies and parents to us, you they, know? They, they're right. They were right. They are right. Yeah. Well, like one that, thing you mentioned the kind of thing. That's in there that I think smart. is really kind of key. Goes back to Warren again. Keep on mentioning Warren, right? Hmm. Um, you had that one motor that was your best motor hmm. that you set aside. Mm -hmm. Back to documenting your path. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, Warren said, you got to make, you got to have good notes because you're, you're going to lie to yourself yep. if you think that, oh, I, you fill in the gaps. And you're filling them in wrong with your own ego and pride and oh. all that. That if you have that, you can always go back to it. The one we worked on was number five. That's the one we always worked on because it would become number two, and then there would be a new number five, and then we work on it. By the end of the year, they were all number ones. Right. They were serious, and we won almost everything back then, and it was almost an unfair advantage. Now, What's did you ever find? I'm oh, sorry. No, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm go ahead. Geeking over here, man. Yeah, geek. So with the five, right, and with mm -hmm. number one put away, mm -hmm. did you ever find that they each had their own appetite for what they wanted that would make them run better? Great question. They were like children. One likes vanilla ice mm -hmm. cream, the other one likes chocolate ice cream. And I didn't try to make one want what the other one liked. I just wanted go. it to be awesome. So we had to learn. Listen what, to that. Listen to that. Because we, we, each one of them wants the different stuff and right. you give them what it wants in order to win it's just like the engine warren's got eight cylinders and most of our engine builder friends do everything they can to make each cylinder exactly the same, same. Yep. cnc stuff is awesome for that precision measurement is awesome for that all these cool equipment that we sell to make everything the same mm -hmm. well they don't always need to be the same they need to be the best and when you have a, 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 a tug of war mm -hmm. or you're pulling rope and you got a team 
you don't want all the people pulling the rope to be the same. You want them all to pull the hardest. And so what we learned to do was we had to make every cylinder pull as hard as it could so that the, at the end of the day, the tire would see more power than the other guy. Right. And it was a lot of times, like right now, the, the latest ProStop bikes out there now, ProStop motorcycles, um, each cylinder requires a different circumstances to go the best it can go. Okay. Yeah. And let me say real quick about all this equipment and CNC. My era was really before we had CNC equipment. Sure. And my guys would ask me at the race, where's your best engine? This at home. What? Why is your best engine at home? I say, because I want to keep it there so I have a standard to work off of. I, it's like my, it's like that one inch standard you mm -hmm. use for your micrometer. Yes, sir. Set your mic, you set it to zero and you know yours on zero. So that was my standard to go by. And if I didn't monkey with that one, then I could always get back to where I was. So back to that part, I was like, um, where, where you have, uh, why do you, why do you leave that engine at home? Why don't you, why don't you make all of them the same? That's it. Why don't right. you make all of them the same? I said, I don't know how. Right. So what do you mean you don't know how? Well, I changed something and it was worse or better. And I changed something and it was worse or better. And I changed something. And then when I finished, it ended up being good enough to go in line, but I didn't, I bought a CNC machine. I'm going to interrupt myself. I bought a five axis port cylinder heads. My guy, Ron, been porting heads with me at the time, 31 years he'd been working there. He was so threatened by the CNC machine. Mm. He was so threatened. He thought that he's going to have to go find a new job. And, uh, but his value went right up because the CNC machine was standing around every day eating money and it was asking me what to do. The CNC machine was like, come here, what, what do you want me to make? <laughs> right. And I was like, well, I, I want to make something. I want to make some I chips. Want, I want you to make something, you know? So what do you want me to make? So I said, huh? So I get Ron. I said, Ron, make me a port that does blah, blah, blah. And then I would give that to the machine. The machine would scan it, copy it and make it. And then by time we went through all the engineering, the post-processing, the tool path, and manufacturing we ended up behind so what i did at that that rate of incline that rate of increase of our performance i wanted a better cylinder head the next time than i wanted that one. so since i wasn't selling them i didn't want a lot of those i wanted the next one that was better so we kind of skipped over that machine for years and years and years because by the time we were ready to copy something it was obsolete it's different yeah yeah it was a different era right different and now era. if i was selling those heads now I would like want 20 of them or 50 of them and I'd be on the phone all the time trying to sell them, doing ads and pushing mm -hmm. it. Uh, going back to or now. Like or like in the NASCAR thing now, you, used to admit you had 16, 20 engine builders, now you got four. That's right. They have to have that technology because even if they change the design in three weeks, yep. you still have 30 cars to take care they of for the to. next three weeks. That's right. And you, they have to be more consistent. I had one client and it was Winston. There you go. And I had to please them with what we had. And every piece was hand built because Every piece was a develop a stepping stone to the next piece. Right, tremendous, and, and a conversation that uh, I think is important to have because not everybody grows up around motorcycles, right? right. Like the, the car is maybe more mainstream. The motorcycle mentality, lifestyle, is its mm -hmm. own thing. But on the drag strip, the bikes have always been, I feel like, welcome. And there is a connection between like pro stock car and pro stock bike. And while the engines might be different, you already mentioned it. There's shared technology, shared information and shared relationships. Talk a little bit about that when you and, and John Myers were out there, some of the, like, like what was that like as you uh, were trying to appeal to some of those pro stock car fans? Well, um, the guys that were savvy were looking for an advantage as always. And the guys that are winning in every venue has something to share. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was winning, I would want to go over and I wanted Warren to help me come up with some ideas. And Warren and I never really hit it off as much as I admired him and looked up to him and his family. 
I was in a lot of the places they were. I mean, like scales, mm -hmm. fuel check, yeah, winter, <laughs> winter circle yeah. in the barn. We'd share a Budweiser and winter circle. I mean, we weren't always like doing conversations, but we sure occupied a lot of the same spaces. Um, and I was such an admirer of their work. They'd work like we do. They were not trying to sell something. They were trying to sell themselves to whoever. They were right. trying to win trophies and they were trying to please their sponsor. So right. I could follow that idea. But the um, pro stock car guys, like uh, one time in, in, I think it was in 96, we had the first Wego um, um, wideband. It was a lot of money. I think the, the little mm -hmm. LED thing that converted it into paper was $15,000 for one Wego sensor. Ooh. And we hid it in John Myers' motorcycle between the belly pan and the floor in there and we hid it and nobody knew about it and uh one day uh let's see jim yates came over just to say hi yes and he i showed him the race pack data and it looked just like a pro stock car data five speed five speed clutch engine rpm i mean the race pack had no idea what vehicle it was hooked to didn't know if it was number one qualifier didn't know if it was a car or a motorcycle it just had output and it had a language we could look at and we mm -hmm. compared notes on right. how to tune he says what's this line i said that's my air fuel ratio he said get out of town i said yeah i said cost 15 grand what and he went over and he told um maskin mm -hmm. so maskin comes over about 15 minutes later and he's getting all he's gonna buy eight of them and put on the car <laughs> just like that just <laughs> like that yeah. and there it goes boom it goes right out the roof i don't know how much money that is but they were really hard to get um but that was part immediately we ended up with a nice little team effort of sharing information that didn't hurt each other in any way and i was really good not having to tell people what i knew i was really good at that now in this part of my life i don't mind telling people what i think i know right but at the time what i knew was such an advantage to me i thought and i kept it by myself and it was cool to blend in with the pro stock car guys because they wanted to win bad i wanted to win bad and they would keep an eye on whose trailer you'd go look at like you know <laughs> he's going in that trailer now be careful what you tell that guy right you know well would, back to the scooter right couldn't be fair to warren because he was tight with, with glidden that's right. glidden wouldn't let him go over there it's like right. <laughs> i called up scooter one day and I, i'm out of school on this but i called him up i said man i need some cams for my race program he said okay sounds great he said uh, send me some information so i emailed me information he calls me back on the phone he said george i hate to say it but i can't help you I said, what? And he said, one of our biggest clients has a problem with us helping you. And I said, wow. Yeah. And they were that's racing it. against me. Right? Wow. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And you you had had a pro stock car at one point. Yes, I like, did. That's information that I didn't know. Yeah. There was a race that I was actually at that you were running pro stock and pro stock motorcycle. Out of one rig. Out of one rig at the same time. Mm -hmm. Fire suit and leathers. <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool that was fun um it was 94 at the gator nationals uh me and my best friend we were ignorant and we borrowed money from the bank and bought a don Ness car and we we bought a 500 inch engine out of the back of national dragster <laughs> and uh put it on the dyno and ran it ran it ran it took it apart and did everything motorcycle to it changed the pistons changed the camshaft kippet cam motion was helping me i told, explained to him the engine didn't know it was in a motorcycle or a car let's just make it make a lot of horsepower and we worked on connecting rod links and strokes and bores and rings mm -hmm. seal and all the cool stuff. Had some uh, P8, P9 cylinder heads from Carson City, Nevada over mm -hmm. there. And uh, we ported heads and did all the work. Well, uh, it wasn't easy. 
I, we were having our way with Pro Stock Motorcycle. We were qualified number one and number four the same day I was running the Pro Stock car. And um, I had to run the bike down the track, get to the end of the track. Earl met me on a scooter. I pulled my leathers off, put my fire suit on, got on a scooter, left the bike, peeled out to the staging lanes, first car in Pro Stock line. Okay. Fire suit on, get in the car, pull down the fire, strap in all the belts and everything, go up and make a run. Um, eventually, after four or five races, I finally ran close to the field, but I never got qualified in an NHRA race. So I was a back marker. I was an also ran 30 something cars running in Pro mm -hmm. Stock. But uh, that in 92, not no, 95, I ran a Pro Stock car at the Super Bowl uh, testing in Houston. And uh, Warren was going 16, Bob Glenn went like 15, and Dodge Boys went like 15, and I think I went a 28. So that was the peak of my right. Pro Stock deal. But I'm gonna tell you something then, I'm, we've never worked that hard in our life. And the funniest story about Earl Snyder, who was my partner at the time and my best friend in Americas, he was really smart. I mean, really smart. So we got the first time we built it and it made like 1200 horsepower on the dyno. We were so excited, turned it 9,000 RPM in our own shop. And uh, I said, wow, Earl, that thing held together. I couldn't believe it. I was expecting parts to come through the wall, you know. I'm working on John Myers over on this dyno. He's working on Oldsmobile on this dyno. And so I'm pulling the lever on both of them and trying to keep my thoughts straight on which one I need to tune on next. And I looked at Earl and I said, Earl, how many V8 engines has you ever built? And he said, let's see, this one and the next one will be both of them. <laughs> that stuck with me forever, you know, but he, he was always a funny guy. But man, how does a guy who's never even built a V8, you know, knocks that out. So he was just a smart guy and it was a pretty worked out piece of well, we had that conversation, and I think it was Scooter just minutes ago that his dad told him, right? Like, they yeah. might all look different, right? but they're all doing the same thing. And there's things that apply from one to the next, whether it be the V8, whether it be the V-twin. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, that ring, four and a half bore, 0.9, perfectly AP, nice mm -hmm. ring. We buy it, and you get it. And, you know, I open it up, and I look at it, and I say, you're going in a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, so you need to behave differently today. And the ring, you... the ring says, what? I said... He said, I'm not going in a big block Chevrolet. Nope, you're going in a motorcycle. And, you know, you put it in there and the camshaft, the lifters. I was just talking to the guys here. The lifters are all the same, mm -hmm. pretty much. A lobe is a lobe. It fits. The push rods, we got to have the stiffest, shortest push rod we can get. We got to have a camshaft that's almost square lobe where it opens as soon as possible, closes as soon as possible, gets the full lift as soon as possible. And all those parts have to be the same if it's a V-twin or the guy with a single cylinder tractor pulling engine all the same uh trouble applies you gotta you gotta fill it with air on time you gotta stop it you got to squeeze it as hard as you can you gotta light it on time you gotta take that power and convert it into energy to rotate the crankshaft and then you gotta get it out through the exhaust pipe and you only have 720 degrees to do it mm -hmm. which happens a hundred times a second when it's running at full song amazing it is one of those moments that you just can't. I, I know. Well, a couple of things. Just this conversation, right? Just like firing off all the neutrons <laughs> in your brain, right? Or neurons or whatever they are, right? Um, it's funny. You mentioned talking about how the engines are different, right? The, the first time that I picked up on that was actually in Indy in 2005, the same day that Mark and I had dinner with Scooter about the whole oil program deal. So we're up there in Indy walking around, just trying to figure stuff out in a little bit. And we talked to Grump, you know, and we would talk talking about oil and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, I run your oil in this one, and I run World Purple <laughs> in that one, and I run Redline in that one. And I'm like, oh, Grump, 
Why? He said, because they're all different. They all have their own personalities. That one likes your oil. They don't like the red line. That one likes the royal purple. They don't like either one of the other two. And that one only likes red lines. So that's the only one. That's the only one I give it. Wow. And I'm like, that just stopped me. It's just this, you know, just grump being grump. But yeah. it's like it's just facts. These your engines are all different. They got different personalities. Yeah. You know, hey, one of them may have been uh, a DRC two that was a compacted graphite and that was the good one, and right. maybe one of them been a DRC three that it warrants that it's not the same, right? right? I don't mean we don't know what the differences were, but he knew they were different. We they had know different appetites. They're different based on what we know how to measure. Bingo. Exactly, because we only we, the reason it's the same is because of what you measure. It's not the same because of what you didn't measure. Right. That's definitely different. There's more unknowns yes. than there are knowns. Yeah. People, ask you don't me believe me? Go look at the sky at what night when a cloud, on a cloudless uh, night. Go look at the sky. There's more that we don't know than yeah. we do know. Absolutely. People ask me every day. They say, "Well, aren't you about out of on a Suzuki Pro Stock engine? Aren't you guys about?" maxed out on horsepower i'm like no i've been trying for a long time but man there's plenty <laughs> left the ceiling ain't even and ceiling's high right but yeah. think about it the that's what one said guys. yesterday too about yeah. uh not fuel injection no no they haven't they haven't even gotten there right yet. there's more to go a lot well, more to go you think yeah most really good engines are going to be about 35 percent thermal efficiency okay that's a good number yeah the modern formula one stuff is over 50. So there's engines being built right now that over 30 or 50% thermal efficiency. So yeah, there's a long way we can go because yeah. I mean, 15% more efficiency? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of power. And if you use brake energy to make a, to electrify a turbocharger. Isn't that brilliant? That's crazy stuff. Uh, it's, oh yeah, it's like, man. Can you imagine you put an electric motor on a turbo and yeah. power it off of the brakes? Yep, no lag. Well, and think about this, I mean, the part of that thing is they're also direct injection. Yes. And they're actually like an old diesel. So some things are old or new. They have a pre-chamber. So they're actually spraying the fuel into a pre-chamber, igniting it, and then letting it go out into the main combustion chamber because they can run leaner that way. He's been inside with a spacesuit on. He's I'm sure. Bit, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I could tell I, by I, his description that he's actually been inside and watched it. If close. like a crew of people come in and take Lake away. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. Formula One guys. You've seen that on Saturday Night Live. Right. They, exactly. they, 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 they thought they got me with the uh, men in black, zapped my brain, but I, I was paying close attention. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot of ground to cover here because uh, the bikes are in action here this weekend and you're going to head out from what I understand. I'm going to go look at them for the first time in a while. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to talk about that, but I, I want to know like the first time you met Angel. Okay. Uh, you know, John, look at the people you've been able to work with, right? Like John Myers, of course, one of the greatest of all time. And then Angel comes into your life and she captures the imagination of so many people out there in the world of drag racing, comes on to become the winningest uh, female drag racer in the history of the world and is, is now out there still relevant. We'll talk about where later, yeah. but uh, tell me about that, your first encounter uh, with Angel. That was great. Um, internet first was invented um, when we met. Uh, she had she had an email address and I didn't. It was called um, SuzukiGirl at AOL.com. I think that might still be it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, it was, uh, I was like, what's that? She's like, oh, you got to email me. And I'm like, I don't even, I didn't even, the only computer I had was a, a what's it called? A Pentium 100 on my dyno. You know, that's the only computer <laughs> I had. I like, so um, we, we got uh, connected and talked and she's like, I want to come, I want to race pro stock motorcycle. And I'm like, wow. I mean, she was the thing that wouldn't go away. I mean, she was literally like that thing that was like, you just 
No, I'm sorry. Persistent. Okay. I absolutely will try. Okay, good. I mean, just back and forth. So finally one day she shows up at a race in Atlanta. John Myers and I are racing. And Steve Johnson, it was in 95. Steve Johnson was on my team. He had Slick 50. And John Myers had the star racing bike. And she was standing on the road. Little teeny weeny little girl standing there. She was 98 pounds, 5'1", maybe 5'1". Really little. And the most patient. Everybody came, everybody left. She was just standing there. And uh, she said, hey, George, I'm Angel. And I said, hey. And uh, she said, I'm going to race Pro Stop Motorcycle. She introduced herself. Hi, I'm going to race Pro Stop Motorcycle. I'm like, <laughs> I love you know, it. I'm like, really, are you? So I said, you want to sit on the bike? <gasps> oh, my gosh. So she comes in there and sits on John's bike and fit her perfect. I mean, her arms are perfect. John's too big for it. I didn't know it till I saw her on it, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice. I said, you got to come to the school. She says, okay, I'll come to the school. So she calls up Frank Holly's Drag Racing School. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that I got to teach the motorcycles for 23 years. Oh, wow. At the Drag Racing School. So um, I got first round draft pick of all those cool people you named. Oh, that they was They all really come good, through the yeah. school. They would go out there and they'd flop around like a fish out of water. I wouldn't ask them nothing. I'd just say, great. And then the ones that did really well, I'd like give them a card and let's go talk, you know? So it was right. like drafts. Right. Like having mm -hmm. the drafting. Sure. Advantage. So um, you're putting the time in. Yeah. Yeah. So she uh, she called the school to get her appointment, and uh, the girl answered Felicia answered her phone. And she said it's 125 pounds minimum, 200 pounds maximum, and you gotta have experience racing a slick and wheelie bar. That's the criteria. And she's like, uh, I'm I'm too small. Well, I'm sorry. Call us back maybe when you get bigger. She calls back, calls back, calls back. She got this girl, Felicia, so upset. Felicia calls me on the phone. She says, George, will you please let this girl in the school? Please, please, please. She's already pleaded with me forever. I'll sign a letter. She wrote me a letter. We'll get her parents to sign off waivers. Just give her a chance. Okay. So she comes to the school finally. She so she is in. wearing this thing out. Oh, she is no, not taking no There is nobody answer. that she wanted to go to that school like she wanted to drink when she was thirsty, like she wanted to eat when she was hungry. It was bigger than food and water. I mean, bigger. So uh, she shows up and says, hi, I'm Nigel. I'm going to race Pro Stock Motorcycle. Sent me a letter and signed it. Future NHRA Pro Stock Champion. Get out. I have the letter still. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. And Confidence. So, so I'm like, right. I just Determination. Don't, I don't see this coming. And she backed it up. Backed that's, it. The, that's the biggest part, right? You so anyway, so, she, so she, she comes in the first day. She's got a, a baseball hat pulled on over her eyes, camo shirt, and no makeup. And she's just sitting there being a mouse. Paying attention like crazy. Next day, after she drove really well, she came in, she was all dolled up, had makeup, curled hair, had a little flowery shirt on. And I was like, wow, you can drive and look like that. So now I'm interested. I called Jackie at home and I say, there's this girl here that's been aggravating us to death and she can ride a motorcycle. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, what can we do? What can we do? So she does good. She goes through school, does good. I give her a couple runs, count for a license. She comes back, she comes back. She came back five times. She came back to the class five times. Wow. On her own dime. Yep. And then she, she was overextending all the credit cards, um, didn't have any money, getting ready to lose everything. And because she had put all in. And then finally one day we said, you know what, come over here and we'll go race a pro stop motorcycle. Me and Jackie decided. So we gave her a chance and she went to uh, Denver. First race ever she entered, she qualified fourth. She was the first pro stop motorcycle going to sevens at Denver. Um, and live TV, not live TV, the big jumbotron with big color right when it's getting dark and she had a neon pink helmet. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mickey Nutting from Winston and, and uh, his wife were driving down the interstate on 
on vacation. That's a new business development for R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. They drive He's by. He's driving by Band American. See it. The they sign, say it's right. fine. And they saw this pink helmet, and they said, "Let's go check it at track." So Mickey calls uh, uh, Miss Winston. Says, "We're coming in the gate. Can you come get us?" They come meet him. They go up there, and all of a sudden, the Winston boss, the big boss, is standing there with his wife, and they're watching Angel. And they said, we want to go meet her, we want to go meet her. So they drive down to our truck, and they had us down in the dirt past the scoreboards, right? Yes. So we go down there, and they're like, oh, my God, she's so tiny, she's so cute, blah, blah, blah. And he gives me his card, and they call me. Are you kidding me? They're driving down the road on vacation. True story. See the pink helmet on the Jumbotron yep. and say, what, what is this? And it was a perfect time for her to be nice, too. Yes, I would imagine And so. me, too. Yes, best behavior. But anyway, right. um, the rest is history. So Bob, Bob Frack yeah, calls, this is Bob Frack calls me Monday morning in the mo on, on on the phone in the motel, and he said, "George, here's a phone number you need to call. This guy talked to me all about you on the airplane today. He's flying back to Winston." So I'm like, "Okay, call him." So there you go. Man. All right, we you know it is unfortunate we have time constraints. No, no, we, we don't. We stop well, it. No, we gotta keep going. But I, 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 <laughs> we didn't talk about the John Myers Daryl. And car swap. Oh we my gosh! What yeah. you, give me a rapid fire okay. version. All of right. That. So John Myers was winning the championship on the pro stock motorcycle. Daryl Alderman was winning the championship on, in the Dodge. And me and Dave Hutchins were buddies at the races in the stage lane. Same thing. Shared winner circle a lot. Put a deal together. Said let's swap. Daryl thinks he can drive anything. <laughs> he's a cocky guy. He's got motorcycles. He's fast. John says I can drive a pro stock car, no problem. So they will argue about it all the time. Well, we, they both won the championship. We go to the award ceremony, the bank, banquet. It's great. We made a plan. Let's go to Warner Robins Dragway December mm -hmm. on a beautiful day, and let's do it. So I uh, told National Dragster they came. Uh, they sent the Diamond Peace Sports guys. Uh, Tom G was there with his crew, um, and it was Nashville Network, Diamond Peace. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. But anyway, we did the deal. Uh, Daryl put my leathers on. Uh, John put on Daryl's fire suit. Daryl got on the bike and did a perfect burnout. He went up the starting line, floored it, popped the clutch. Both hands came off, handlebars, both feet. They looked like a singular wireless icon. <laughs> That's exactly what he looked like. And um, it's on, it's on, we got it on tape. I mean, we got it on tape. And then he, he, he lets go of the throttle, bike goes, yeah, comes to a stop. He catches the handlebars. He says, wow, I couldn't hardly hold on to that thing, you know, in his Kentucky talk, you know, it's yeah. hilarious. Okay, so now relevance now, though, right? You talked about going to the track. You're relevant right now. And maybe the golden era of pro stock motorcycle might be happening right now. Talk a little bit about your involvement, what's happening with the four valve cylinder heads that have just been approved, even though you guys have had one that you submitted years ago, yep. it's been approved. Steve Johnson, a rider that was with you years ago, is uh, was, sec was first in the points until the last race, is second in the points now, and very much in the middle of the championship fight with maybe his best chance to win a championship. That's right, Steve's in his prime right now. Um, it turned out that we were we designed a billet four valve head to run in NHRA to combat the, the Harley V twins, and we got um, turned down by NHRA with the design. They said we don't need another head, so we parked it and sold it to other classes and other mm -hmm. uh, sanctions. And then in 2019, Vance and Hines came out with a beautiful billet four valve head that they designed and got it submitted and approved. And it was legal for 2020. So Mitch and I and a couple other friends went back to NHRA and said, you approve that one, can you approve ours? Which was 2010 to 19 to 2013. And they said, okay, we'll approve it. So Chris Bostick got it and he went out and ran really good with it. And now Steve Johnson's qualified on the pole three times, had two wins, and he's got all time quickest DT for 
a Suzuki, and um, and he's got our our billet head, and it's not mine. It belongs to Mitch Brown at, at Monster uh, mm -hmm. Products, but I, I designed it years ago, and it's really fun now to see that finally bear some fruit. I bet, I bet, especially yeah. to have it being buried so long and for yep. it to kind of come back to life without probably any thought of it ever having a chance to see light of day again. It's a good full circle for us to take the engine ideas that make engines work and put it into all these different venues and see them perform in and, every different way. And now you're quasi-retired, but you got a nice little uh, nice little business going. Tell everybody about it because, um, you know, who knows? We might have some Harley. Yeah, uh, anybody that races a Harley or rides a Harley or wants a faster Harley, late model, new. Uh, we build camshafts for it, and I have small, medium, and large. Mm -hmm. The small one is called a 30-30 cam in, in reference to the old Corvette style. And then the three-quarter is the almost race cam, but it's also street cam, and then we have full race. And those are the cams we sell today while we're kind of retired. That is amazing. Oh, that also, too. He's a bit of a YouTube star. So yeah, so every day. Tech Tuesdays. Tech Talk Tuesdays. Yeah, exactly. 115 weeks in a row. Bingo. Never missed a week out of 100. That's over almost three years now. That's incredible. I'll do some math. Anyway, I talk about this all this engine stuff and what people ask me about and want to know about. And I do it at 6 o'clock Eastern every Tuesday. And mm -hmm. I, I'm, I watch from time to time. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's how you do it. You got to do the show. You and have I, to do the show. You gotta you be, they got to count on it. Yes. Yeah. And I also, I'm doing it for free because I've been gifted my whole life with all this great opportunity and all these great chances. Mm -hmm. And I like sharing all that so that somebody in the future maybe will pick it up. And run exactly. It's got our, our chance to give back, right? We, right? We've been given a lot. All these guys here made me sweat. Yes, and it's a little warm in here as well. George, thank you so much. Yes, Appreciate it. We'll see you at the track this weekend. Thunder Valley Pleasure. National. Thank I you, love George, it, man. will be out there. For those of you who have loved this, speaking of doing the show, Hidden Horsepower, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TotalSeal.com website. You can check it out. Interviews like this one, guests like this, the rock stars of engine building. This Hidden Horsepower is a throwback to the Engine Performance Expo to remind you that the 2023 Engine Performance Expo will be January 13th and 14th. Go to YouTube, type in Engine Performance Expo, subscribe, click the bell. You'll never miss a second. People are signing on as we speak. It is going to be great. And Hidden Horsepower, the next couple of weeks, we're going to have great guests from the Engine Performance Expo to give you a taste of what it's all about. And if you love Hidden Horsepower, write us a review. Give us five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. And remember, always make Total Seal your first call not your last call. I'm Joe Costello, and we'll see you next time on Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal.